Welcome to the latest at the flicks on our new series of mini horror pods. Hi to our listeners. Uh, please note, in this horror podcast short, we are going to be talking in depth about the recent film Hereditary. If you haven't seen it and you don't want to know the full details of its plot, I would strongly suggest that you turn off now and come back after you've seen the movie. I just wish I had that option. So Jeff, as I just warned our listeners, in this short podcast, we are going to discuss one of the most highly acclaimed films of the year called Hereditary. I think I made my view known on a recent podcast when I say I saw the trailer and had to lie down in a brightly lit room till I stopped shaking. And Neil never even got that far. Typical Neil, the only person who spends Halloween hiding under his bed. I'm sure Neil will provide a suitable retort from his safe place. Boo! I can't let you guys have all the fun. (laughs) Neil, you know you've wandered into horror, haven't you? (laughs) Yes, I do. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's thrown me completely now. (laughs) Anyway, I did some research on what the critics have been saying about Hereditary. The Hollywood Reporter said, two breathless hours of escalating terror that never slackens for a moment. The Independent said, a provocative and subtle horror film with layers you don't find in more conventional haunted house tales. And from The Sun, this is the worst best time you'll ever have at the cinema this year. So on the whole, the critics loved it. And as I'm never going to watch this one, Jeff, is it as good as they say? No. (laughs) Is that it? This was a quick podcast. Not as usual as their long ones. (laughs) This is going well. Is that it? Okay. Thanks for that, and listen out for our next Horror Short podcast coming soon, with the emphasis on short. No, just joking. Uh, Before I ask you why you didn't like it, can you tell our listeners what the film is about and elaborate on the pure terror I saw in the trailer? Of course. The film starts shortly after the death of Elaine, a controlling head of a family, which consists of her daughter Annie, Tony Collette, who gives the best performance in the film, her husband Steve, Irish actor Gabriel Byrne, the children Peter, played by Alex Wolfe, and daughter Charlie, Millie Shapiro. A strange thing start happening after Elaine's funeral. Her grave is desecrated and her body stolen. After that, the strange events start escalating, culminating in another family tragedy and the realisation that everything that has been happening is part of a diabolical plan which has been decades in the making. For a horror film, that sounds like a decent plot. And given what those critics said, there's a lot of positive energy about this film. Are you being different? As is your way, really. That's a fair point, Neil, and what I'd expect from you. Now, what how... a fair point, then. I know. Yeah, I'm I know, pretty I know, good know, on those. Now, how critics review horror films is interesting. Is something that you guys wouldn't ever normally come across. <laughs> no normally, idea. I would expect traditional critics to hate it. Horror critics to love it and audiences... Let's be fair, they paid to be scared, also got a kick out of it. Yet this has been turned on its head. Normal critics love it, audiences generally dislike it. The reason for this is Hereditary has pretensions of being an intellectual work which just taps into the horror genre. To explain, Hereditary has many of the trappings of the horror movie, but not the heart or the understanding. Its characters are not engaging, the movie's slow, and the ending... So far over the top, it's over that hill over there. Now, don't get me wrong, horror films can be intellectual and work. However, to do that, it must also hit you on a visceral level. 
So in effect, the intellectual horror film, for it to be fully successful, mugs you first and then leaves reasons lingering with you as to why you were attacked. Hereditary just taps you on the shoulder and leaves you a calling card. (laughs) Hang on. Intellectual horror. That is a new one on me. Is this just something you're making up in the vain hope that you can trick Neil and I into watching it? Because I can tell you now, that will not work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Would I do such a thing like that for a cheap laugh? You always do it. What are you talking about? Uh, Fair enough. It's a thriller. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, this one isn't. Um... (laughs) Not in this case. Okay, let me explain this recent subgenre of horror, the intellectual horror film. Then I'll talk more about those shortcomings and how they apply to hereditary. The intellectual horror film wants to tap into one of society's fears. It then just locks onto that without understanding the concept of the horror film. In other words, is it scary or not? Now, other examples of this subgenre have been The Babadook, about single parenthood, It Comes at Night, Our Mistrust of People, The Witch, Teenage Girls Coming of Age, and Hereditary, which is about grief. Now, a final warning, and I know Graham said this up front, but I'm going to talk in detail about the plot, and I'm going to give away the ending. Okay, if you're still here, I'll carry on. Now, in terms of horror plotting, the film is constructed around the old movie cliché of a satanic cult. In this case, their ultimate aim is to raise up a powerful demon through 16-year-old Peter. All the family deaths that happen throughout the film are part of that demonic raising. So in standard horror film terms, he has become someone or something else, depending on how you interpret that ending. From the intellectual perspective, their aim has been to look at how going through the grief process can change people. Sometimes they're different people at the end of the cycle than they were at the beginning. And that is the truth at the intellectual heart of this film. With Hereditary, it doesn't work because you just don't care about Peter or any other member of his family, to be honest. The closest I came to feeling anything for any of them was when Annie went to grief counselling near the beginning of the film. That didn't last long. She quickly reverted to being a hard-nosed and uncaring bitch. (laughs) Even if you put these characterisation shortfalls to one side, the other way a horror film should work is in shocks or fear factors. That also fails as the potential for shock value is destroyed by the -the over-the-top nature of the ending. The pensioner Satanists involve all manner of silliness in their naked rituals as they effectively call up the devil. Hang on, that sounds a bit like Rosemary's Baby. Indeed it is, it's very similar. And here's the big difference between the two films. Rosemary was a very sympathetic character who the audience cared about and went on a journey with. At the end of Rosemary's Baby... It is a real moment of underplayed horror as Rosemary accepts her new role for the sake of her demonic child, who, by the way, we never see. It was both clever and scary. Hereditary writer and director Ari Aster has clearly seen that earlier film but cannot replicate its creeping horror. So he throws in new pensioners. And Neil, where have you been recently? You were the next <laughs> Now, many other people have made that Rosemary's Baby comparison. However, the ending in my opinion, has also has a lot in common with a Michael Winner horror film from 1977 called The Sentinel. There, the demonic aim was to drive someone to suicide. Everything is thrown at the screen in a very similar way to Hereditary. The excuse The Sentinel has, it was made by Michael Winner and therefore you expect it to be unsubtle. It was <laughs> never going to win any prizes. At least Mr Astor can say that this is only his first film and he's still learning. And despite all that, There are some aspects of this film I do like. And you're going to tell us them, aren't you? 
Oh, absolutely, Neil. I wouldn't spoil that for you. As I mentioned earlier, Tony Collette's performance is good. Also, before the film goes over the top, there are some effective horror scenes. One in particular is set in a darkened room. And as your eyes become accustomed to the darkness, you see something that just doesn't fit where it is. And it's held in camera shot long enough to make you uncomfortable and start questioning what you're seeing. That said, moments later, the effect of that is destroyed as a person starts flying Superman-style around the house and this ridiculous hysterical finale begins. Also, full marks to the marketing department as they constructed a trailer which really misleads you. You enjoyed that trailer, Graham, didn't you? Oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. Hey, you're welcome. (laughs) That trailer puts young daughter Charlie front and centre of the action. So you think she has a big part to play in the film. You'd be wrong. Her exit from the film relatively early on is shocking and leads to possibly the most graphic effect of the film. Finally, on the plus side, Colin Stetson's music score infuses the film for the most part with the creeping dread the filmmakers wanted. Have a listen to this as an example. That's not something I would add to my uh, positivity playlist. Exactly. And unfortunately, the music also goes over the top in the finale, which becomes increasingly irritating the more outlandish it gets. You went to see this with some of our listeners. What feedback did they give you? Pretty much the same as mine. Declan made the comparison with the Babadook saying that film was also hyped, had a strong female lead character, started with promise, a few jump scares, then second half becomes a farce. The best horrors are the ones that scare you, because it could happen, and walking home after fills you with fear. Not stupid, unbelievable spirit possessions. If they kept the suspense, is it in her head, is she just mad or not, then it would have been better. Deck is right. A finale with flying people, one of whom floats to the top of a room and saws her own head off, can never be classed as subtle. Paul Nicholas's comments were... If you'd left the cinema 20 minutes before the end, it could have been a better film. The last 15 minutes are among the worst last 15 minutes I've ever seen in a film. The whole loss-type storyline was depicted so much better in Don't Look Now. However, Paul did add some positive things. The cinematography was good. I liked the Macintosh-inspired house as a setting. The use of sound and, in particular, silence was smart. The sparsely populated score added a level of darkness. To give a contrast in note, It did work for Phil Foster. He said Hereditary is a truly creepy and chilling horror film, written and directed by feature film debutant Ari Aster. This is an accomplished stamp on the film landscape. His grasp of how to build scares is exceptional, and the fact that, like 2014's The Babadook, this film juxtaposes true psychological pain with traditional horror makes it very compelling. Interesting and different views there. Any last words on the film? I'll end on two positive notes. These intellectual horror movies do not have sequels, so thankfully this is the end of this demon. And secondly, it's a far, far better horror film than The Witch. 
quite possibly one of the worst horror films of all time. It's so bad you two could sit through it. <laughs> yeah, it's never going to happen, Jeff. Nor, before you ask, will I be watching Hereditary? That's it for this horror short. See you at the next full moon. Not me. I've been to one and that's enough. Yeah, Neil, time to get back to your safe space. Let's get there before daylight, eh? <laughs> 